Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. It's such an honor and a blessing to each week be able to talk to the great historian Timothy P. Brown of FootballArchaeology.com and see what's on his mind and talk about one of his great tidbits that has come out. This episode, we get that opportunity again as we go back in time and talk about over 100 years ago how the kicking game was in football with Timothy Brown from FootballArchaeology.com coming up in just a moment. This is the Pigskin Daily History Dispatch, a podcast that covers the anniversaries of American football events throughout history on a day-to-day basis. Your host, Darren Hayes, is podcasting from America's North Shore to bring you the memories of the gridiron one day at a time. So as we come out of the tunnel of the Sports History Network, let's take the field and go no huddle through the portal of positive gridiron history with pigskindispatch.com. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hello, my football friends. This is Darren Hayes of pigskindispatch.com. Welcome once again to the Pigpen, your portal to positive football history. And welcome to Tuesday Football Archaeology Day as we bring in our friend Timothy P. Brown of Football Archaeology. Uh, Tim, welcome back to the Pigpen. Hey, Darren. Great to see you, hear from you again, and looking forward to Lots of Tuesdays during 2022 or 2023. I should say. I say we already did a oh, bunch for 2022. Yeah. Old <laughs> habit, old habits are hard. <laughs> it's hard to change that date, isn't it? That's one of the, yeah. the toughest things to do. Uh, I, uh, we'll be doing that into March, I'm sure, all of us. Yeah. Uh, hey, uh, you know, we have had a, a great football season. Uh, you know, we've had some some great Tuesdays on football archaeology. You know, shared a lot of Rose Bowl memories with. with memories with you and uh you know now we got it in some of your interesting uh, tidbits that we're getting into from november and one that really caught my eye is you had one titled from november 14th called punning early and often about some early football strategy we'd really like to hear about it yeah I, you know i think for, for me this is kind of a it's kind of a fun topic you know for for two reasons i think you know one is just kind of the nature of of uh you know Punting was a much bigger part of the game, you know, back then. But for me, it also, I think, just generally, you know, uh, and in line with that thought, it kind of just reinforces, you know, just the um, when we're going back and doing history and reading about things that have happened in the past, it can be very difficult to make sure you have, you know, you're wearing their hat. And what I mean by that is, you know, you're working under the assumptions they worked under, not the assumptions you now work under, you know, because a hundred years or 120, you know, some years have passed. And so, you know, the, the, the point of the overall article is just kind of discussing how um, back in the day, uh, teams often punted on first or second down. Um, and then once, you know, they got four downs and they would punt on third down too. But um and for us, that seems like just such a strange way to play the game, right? It's like, why in the heck would you punt on first down? Um, 
and yet it's you know if you kind of put yourself back under their assumptions and under their rules then it starts making a bit more sense and so you know in my mind there's two kind of key things that you know that are different about um about the game that they played versus what's played today and so one is just that people punted early on or on, on early downs because it was difficult to move the ball <laughs> you know you know they just you know pretty much everybody with the you know exceptions here and there but pretty much everybody played close formations you know with three or four backs you know inside the the both ends being tight sometimes there'd be a wing or you know whatever whatever it was but i mean for the most part, everybody's playing really tight together. And and then the defense has had a, a wide guy on either side to stop anybody from sweeping. So everything just got funneled into the middle. And so it was just hard to move the darn ball and and to do it consistently. So it's one thing to get a first down. It's another thing that, you know, string together five, six, seven first downs, drive down the field and score. Um, so, you know, it's just that that whole idea that um, the in a game of reasonably well matched opponents, it typically was going to be a pretty low scoring game. You know, they did not have Yale and Harvard or Yale and Princeton or whomever, Michigan and Chicago. Or, when they played one another, they, they didn't play a bunch of forty seven to forty three games. You know, it was. 13 to 10. It was six to nothing. Um, so just, you know, the fact of the matter is against well, you know, well-matched teams, it was really difficult to move the ball. So, so they played the field position game and they just, they booted it. Right. Um, and they booted it thinking, Hey, I'm going to have keep the ball in their territory and then they can make a mistake and then I can capitalize on, on it. And so, this particular article has a quote by a guy named George Brooke, who was a famous um, player and coach back then, and and you know wrote a lot of articles that were in um, you know syndicated newspaper articles. But he he basically made an argument that the the a maxim he called it that if the ball is inside your forty, you should punt it. That's it, <laughs> right? <laughs> Which is like you know again what one of those things we just can't even imagine and, and so it, just the way that he phrased it uh i've got it here so uh he he considered if you were inside your own 40 you considered dangerous ground and he said this is called dangerous ground because if the team should lose the ball for some foul or offside play fumble or other common means of losing it then you know then their goal is going to be in danger so it's kind of the reverse of what i was saying is why you want to punt it but it just points out that, you know, so our assumptions are offenses can move the ball. And then the other assumption, you know, we understand fumbles or interceptions or something like that, losing the ball. But we don't think about it in terms of the first thing he meant is some foul or offside play. So back then, most penalties resulted in a loss of possession. <laughs> You know, so, you know, yes, there was, you know, if you interfered with the center, five-yard penalty, piling on, or a couple other things were 15-yard penalties. But an offside, if you were offside, loss of possession, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then, like, you know, the old 
the forward pass before the forward pass was legalized. You know, if you pitched the ball forward, um, that was lost possession. You know, was another another example of that. So again, it's just a we don't think about the game that way. We don't think about you know jumping offside, boom, the other guy gets the ball at the spot. You know, so so you know there was just I think that much more reason. You know, you you were risking yourself and your field position if you kept the ball and you were, you know, inside the 30, inside the 40, whatever it was. So anyways, it just kind of makes more sense now. Uh, or, you know, if you, if you kind of think about those two terms, you know, the offensive inefficiency and then loss of possession. So I don't know, just interesting to me. Yeah, it made me start really thinking about it, you know, especially before the forward pass was legal. You know, we we talk now, you know, we watch a game when they say, oh, you know, the defense has eight in the box or they're stop the run. Well, they were putting, you know, 10, 11 in the box back then. They, there was no threat yeah. behind them uh, to that. So they could fill every gap and have an extra guy to shoot the gaps if they wanted to. So, so probably made uh, moving the ball on the ground real ineffective. You know? Yeah, yeah, it, it, well – yeah, and it, you know, there's so many things that we just take for granted. The obviously the forward pass, but just other ways of just moving the, you know, trying to move the ball, um, you know, just like a, well, I guess a shovel shovel pass would have been Ill- illegal then, anyways. But um, you know, option plays and those kinds of things that just you know hadn't come along yet. So it was it was tough. Yeah, well, it, it's gr- definitely that that article and some of the photographs, uh, the pictures you have in there, and uh, you know, Mister Brooks' uh, quotes and things that really makes you think and takes you back, you know, hundred twenty some years ago, and appreciate uh, how the game has evolved over time and made it a lot more enjoyable from a fan's uh, point of view, and uh, probably from a, a an offensive and defensive strategist too. Uh, might, might make some headaches for, for them too for the defenses with the forward pass. Yeah. Stuff, but hey, just uh, some great stuff and how important the kicking game was at that point. It really uh, comes to light. So we thank you for sharing that with us. And uh, Tim, why don't you, we take this time? Um, you, know, you have these tidbits coming out each and every day. Uh, maybe you could share with the listeners how they too can uh, you know, appreciate your tidbits each day. Sure. Um, so I, um, my site with, where I post the tidbits every day is called footballarchaeology.com. Um, it's a site uh, where you can just sign up for free and you'll get a um, you'll get an email delivered every night at seven o'clock Eastern. Um, I also post on Twitter. And um, so but just, to, you know, if you want to make sure you get it every day, you don't have to read it necessarily. But if you want to make sure you get it every day, just um, subscribe and it'll plop right into your inbox dutifully. It most certainly does. So, uh, Tim, we appreciate you, you coming on again. Uh, again, Timothy P. Brown, footballarchaeology.com. And, Tim, we'll talk to you again next Tuesday. Okay, very good. Thanks, Darren. Appreciate it. That's all the football history we have today, folks. Join us back tomorrow for more of your football history. We invite you to check out our website, pigskindispatch.com, not only to see the daily football history, but to experience positive football with our many articles on the good people of the game, as well as our own football comic strip, Cleet Marks Comics. Pigskindispatch.com is also on social media outlets, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and don't forget the Pigskin Dispatch YouTube channel to get all of your positive football news and history. 
Special thanks to the talents of Mike and Gene Monroe, as well as Jason Neff for letting us use their music during our podcast. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hey there, football fans. This is Ross, the host of the Pigskin Tales podcast. I just need a few moments of your time to talk about the host of the Pigskin Dispatch podcast, Darren Hayes. He's expanded the pig pen to search out information on the history of all team sports. It's a quest to find out about the competitors, teams, and places chronicled throughout athletic history through the uniforms and gear the participants used and wore. And he is taking you, the listener, with him on this educational journey to preserve sports history on the Sports Jersey Dispatch, found here on the Sports History Network. His newest podcast, called Jersey Dispatch, is all based on the jerseys that all the greats used to wear. You can find Darren Hayes and the Pigskin Dispatch podcast as well as Jersey Dispatch on your favorite podcast provider multiple times each week. So remember that, Darren Hayes, the host of the Pigskin Dispatch and Jersey Dispatch podcasts. It's found right here on the Sports History Network.